I'm not really sure if Flowery's powers worked on those security guards. That was some natural psychology stuff. You walk into a room carrying a bunch of equipment and everyone thinks you belong there. It would've worked even better if we'd been wearing reflective safety vests. Man, Elvis, I know we both wanted to play sneaky sewer guys, and I have no regrets, but the whole invisibility thing is so binary. Either they can see you or they can't, and you don't have a lot of options in the first situation. At least with a failed persuasion ability, you can play it off, assuming you're smooth about it, which you should be if you're a social character. Those guards are still gonna be furious when they realize they've been tricked, Lowry. And we all gave them our names. I'm glad we did, I want them to know who's messing with them. But we really ought to prepare for that since now they know where we live. Nah, we'll be fine. What are they gonna do, kill Frank? I'll hire another talented bartender. They must grow like weeds in the city, right? What are you worried about, Paul? They're just security guards. What attachment could they possibly have to anything bigger than that? They were two guards sitting in a pitch black room who could see a couple of invisible vampires, and they didn't even comment on our natural dark vision, as though it was just expected of someone who works there. I'm fairly sure those are not regular employees, Mason. How hard is it to just lay low when all your stuff's already in the sewers, Paul? Hey, that's not fair. I've got plenty of stuff they could trash. I've got a sleeping bag and a computer down there. Well, anyway, I've got a lead on someone who can help us unravel the mystery of the private equity shell company. His name is Derek Pecuniaman. He used to work on the inside of the system, but one day he made the foolish mistake of blowing the whistle on a firm for a billion-dollar tax evasion scheme. He lost everything. Why do you even blow the whistle? The IRS offers a reward to whistleblowers as a percent of what they can recover from the tax dodger. If you were a fool, you'd think, oh, a percent of billions of dollars is a lot of money. But the trick is the IRS has to actually find that money. And guess what they didn't do? They didn't find the money. They didn't even open the case. They're so understaffed and we have such a ridiculous tax code that it would have taken all hands on deck. So the IRS instantly gave up and handed Pecuniaman over to his firm without so much as a thank you. After that, Pecuniaman's wife left him. He lost the house, he lost his car, and he can't find work. One of the world's greatest financial geniuses and experts. Now just a lowly tax preparer for hire. Oh, we're rich now because of the V-tubing. Do you think he'd prepare our taxes? I just said he's a desperate man, Elvis. So, yes? Yes, he'd do your taxes, but for an appropriate price, I'm sure he'd be comfortable taking another swing at the financial wasp nest and tell us who owns Ratman. Alright, let's go see the guy. But before we do, we need to stop off at a gas station. Why? Paul, maybe now's a good time to kick your habit. We're gonna be riding in a nice car. What are you gonna do in my car? I'm not gonna do anything to your car. You always tell me not to ask questions, why is it okay for you to ask questions? Because I don't do weird things in my car. It hurts me seeing you like this, Paul. If we're gonna see someone important, I gotta get my fix, Elvis. Get off my back! No one is getting in my car if you're gonna do something weird. Look, let's take Frank's car. Why do we need to go to the gas station? Look, man, do you want to maintain this aloofness where we don't really know anything about each other? I... I think we should all let down our barriers, personally. Mr. Lowry, what are your hobbies? Minor V-tubing, which is also my job, and Pac-Man. One day I hope to beat Pac-Man. Okay, no, I refuse. We'll take Frank's car... Nobody will talk to me. I sit in the front, you sit in the back. My hobbies include endlessly researching debunked conspiracy theories. Obviously, no one would have debunked them if they didn't contain some kernel of truth. And I intend to find that truth. Shut up. Shut up. I call Frank. You call Frank, who's confused because you're not at the place you said you'd be, but he agrees to come home and drive you guys somewhere else. Not too long afterward, you're all in Frank's car. He pulls over at the gas station. Get out. Go outside. Drink straight out of the cherry slurpee nozzle. Go vomit in the bathroom. Do we need to go in? No, he just needs to do his thing. We can wait here. It's... 
it's no problem. Come back out with a 40-ounce of red Slurpee. What is that? It's like, uh, cold. Sugar. And water. It's pretty great. I mean, I mean, not great like blood or like a food that you could keep down. It's cold coming up. And to be honest, all my justification for this is terribly weak, but I have never let that hold me back before. You want some? Ugh, it makes me sick just smelling it. Suit yourself. I'd say it's your loss, but I can't hold it in, really, so no one can have it. That's what makes it so appealing. No one can get away with ramming their head into a wood chipper, but that doesn't make that appealing. How do you know if you never tried? Just keep your carnival drink to yourself. So guys, you're vampires and it's the dead of night. How are you getting in touch with this auditor that Lowry knows? Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that vampires don't do daytime. If I'd remembered that either, I wouldn't have made everyone get in the car. I should have scheduled an evening cocktail or something. It's not too late, we could skip to the next evening. No, I already got everyone in the car. And Paul has his barf drink. If I change my mind now, I'll just look foolish. Okay, so are you just going to drive to his house while he's sleeping? Yeah. Frank, drive us down to the poor person's zone. Which zone is that, Lowry? You say they're all the poor person's zone. Obviously the one where Pecuniaman lives. Why do I have to spell this out, Frank? You're right, yeah, I got the address. I'll just have to double check. Uh, uh, pull over, I'm going to throw up. Some driving and numerous pit stops later, you guys are outside the city approaching a dilapidated suburb. You know the income's not good when there's no gutters and the retaining walls have sagged over so they're not retaining anything. Is that how you keep a lookout for a bad neighborhood? I always heard you're supposed to keep an eye out for a street that's lined with payday loans and liquor stores. Poor neighborhoods have crumbling infrastructure, bad neighborhoods are littered with pawn shops, payday loans, and liquor stores, and there's some overlap between those two. This area here is a poor area, but not really a bad area. It's like light residential poverty. It's a different kind of desperation. Anyway, Pecuniaman has a little one-story home, one-car garage, gravel driveway, hedges that aren't being taken care of, and there's a dog in the yard, but it's probably not his. Why, hello there, friend. Are you lost or otherwise unattended? The dog comes up to you, tail wagging like it's known you for years. Cool, free dog. I pick him up. Can I pick him up? What kind of dog is it? Like a medium-sized mixed breed. He's kind of furry, sharp, perky ears. Kind of struggles to get down after you pick him up. He's probably got fleas, ticks, and worms, Elvis. You can't just be friends with a stray dog. You gotta provide an offering first. Mason, I let the dog drink the rest of my Slurpee. All right, the dog calms down and starts drinking your Slurpee. Yeah, I get ya. Just drink all that until you barf. We think alike, me and you. At least I'm not the only one who sees the resemblance. At least dogs are happy animals, Lowry. Me and Elvis are happy animals. Are we, though? Well, you're happy anyway. I know. But I worry about you, Paul. I'm happy? Who says I'm not happy? How come no one's worried about my happiness? You say you're not happy all the time. It's the number one most common thing you say anytime I come back with any kind of information. That's because all of your information makes me unhappy. I think you have a confirmation bias where your job leads to my anger, so you think that's how I am all the time. Well, what makes you happy, Lowry? I enjoy playing golf with my business friends, Paul. But Lowry, you can't play golf. We're vampires. We can only come out at night. Well... I play at night with other vampires. I bet you didn't think of that, did you, Elvis? Also, there's indoor golf. Like cosmic mini golf? Yes. Open at the mall until 10, okay? Kids under three get to putt for free. I guess maybe I am being a bit unfair to you, Lowry. Cosmic mini golf combines anger and fun into a single friendship-ruining bundle. I can see where that appeals to you. I get so mad, but I have a wonderful time and I'm very happy. See, isn't it nice discussing our hobbies? 
No, let's focus on the task at hand. A powerful bureaucratic wizard lives inside that house, and we need him to look at a bunch of illegally obtained business information. So are we going to go black bag him, or are you just going to tell him to help us? I guess we could do both. I vote both. That way everyone gets to feel useful. Okay, fine. You guys go in and open the window, then I'll climb in and tell this guy we need his help. Now that's a good vampire story. We're good vampires. All right, Elvis, hit the door. Mason, I picked the lock. You set the dog down to get your tools, and the dog runs off. Then you pick the lock and walk on into a neat-looking living room. It appears the place gets vacuumed pretty regularly. He's got one of those big plasma TVs on a stand in the living room. The furniture itself is all bargain bin affordable stuff. There's a small kitchen to your left, and down the hall are doors to the garage, the bathroom, and the bedroom. Aw, I lost my dog. Oh well, I guess we wander on down to the bedroom. Okay, you let yourselves in and you find an office-bedroom hybrid. On the walls are all kinds of corporate rewards and photos from the company that fired Pecunia after he reported on them. Aw, what a sad dude. I unlock his window and wait for Lowry to come in. I climb in. You are not so stealthy. You climb right in as cheery as you please, and Pecuniaman shoots up in bed. What? Who the heck are you? Pecuniaman? I'm Lowry with Lowry Services, LLC, and I have an amazing business proposition for you. What are you doing in my house? Can a man as wealthy as me not break into another man's home when he has an amazing business opportunity? Pecuniaman stops to think about it. Well, that depends. Exactly how wealthy are you? Well, I've got eight figures in liquid assets, and I have no idea how much or what is tied up in all the theoretical business partners operating below me. Ah, uh, eight figures is only just barely enough to justify breaking into someone's home. Everyone knows you guys are just a bunch of wannabes. Well, it's enough to buy this land from your landlord, making me your new landlord, and then I can just let myself in whenever I want. Joke's on you! I am the landlord! During the holiday season, I stay in a month-to-month -month lease apartment and then rent this place out through Airbnb. The margins on that doesn't sound amazing. This is kind of a rundown area. I stay in an even worse area, with bars on the windows and on the door. I make a killing. All right, that checks out. Here's my car. Put on your shoes. We're going to Cosmic Mini Golf at the mall. Ah, oh, heck. Now I know that's serious. Let me put on my good suit. I've been out for something important enough for Cosmic Mini Golf in years. He puts on a nice suit, seems to be fitted, and looks good on him. The guy hasn't apparently lost sight of the priority of looking good during a meeting. That's good. I'm glad you haven't forgotten the act. I'd hate to go cosmic golfing and then be mistaken for anything but a serious businessman. Not a problem, he says. He goes outside, everyone piles in the car, he gets in his, and you all go down to the mall to play a round of cosmic golf. Business style. Hey, Lowry, are me and Paul going to get to play cosmic golf too? Are you guys important business people? I don't think you know the etiquette. I know the etiquette? Wait for the people ahead of you. If the ball goes off course, that counts as two strokes. And if you're golfing versus a pregnant lady, she counts for half because she's golfing for two. All right, shut up. You obviously don't know the proper rules for golfing for business. Just let me do all the talking. I'm good at it. You guys are good at standing in the corner and looking the opposite of pretty. You guys get to the mall. Go inside and find the Cosmic Golf Building. You rent a pair of putters and golf balls and start your very adult, serious business meeting. Mason, I do everything I can to secretly mess up all Larry's shots. That's funny. For a guy who supposedly does a lot of these golf outings, you're not very good. Look, I'm just getting warmed up, okay? Sometimes the golf ball is cursed. It happens. Kind of like it happens to someone's career. Yep, it sure does. He scores a perfect hole in one. Goes right in the hippo's nose, comes out the tail, and sinks it in. The whole financial world knows about you, Pecunian, but nobody will touch you. Even a glance in your direction is a death sentence. Yeah? 
And if that's so, why risk coming out in public to this dark, blacklight-lit den of corporate dealings? Someone you know might be out on the course today. A little foolish for someone who knows about old Pecuniaman. Well, look, Pecuniaman, there's something I need you to do. And it's not on the up and up, but I know you're a beggar and can't be choosy. Okay, so I got busted for blowing the whistle on an illegal enterprise. And now I can't get hired because everyone's a crook. And you thought the best person to come to with your illegal enterprise was me. Okay, now that you say it out loud, you are a whistleblower. This does sound really dumb. I pick up my ball and I start to walk off. Uh, uh, wait, now, wait, wait. Uh, just because it's dumb doesn't mean I don't want to hear it out. If I learn anything from whistleblowing, it's that the foxes run the chicken coop. What do you want, sir? All right. I got a hard drive from one of my competitors, and I need to find out where a certain Beans and Tupperware account went to. Who made the profit? Who calls the shots? Hey, Lowry, it occurs to me maybe the guy above Cheesley in the business sense isn't the guy who gave the word to steal our VR set. That's idiotic. Who else would be in charge? What's idiotic? Oh, sorry. I was thinking out loud. Look, this is gonna sound idiotic, but if you see someone else on that hard drive making orders besides the criminal organization that owns this guy's business, let me know, okay? Now, wait a minute. I didn't say I was gonna take the job. Okay. Look him in the eyes. But you have to. And why is that? Because I'm... Maybe you can't see in this light, but I'm making a really compelling look with my eyes. Can you see it? Larry, you're talking to one of the most premier experts in finance. He doesn't understand how to be charmed by a vampire. The only thing he finds charming is money and math. Okay, I'm trying to imply that I can make things happen for you. Maybe. What do you want? Well, I never know I'm never going to get back in the business world, but there is one thing that's been driving me crazy. When I lost my job, I was reduced to nothing. I mean, really, nothing. I had to get a job delivering pizzas from a place that put illegal drugs in the box. It was called Huron in Pizza. Do you want me to get back at the pizza place? Now, what I want is nothing but a bottle of wine. Well, I could throw in the pizza thing as a side deal. I don't mind. Okay, now you screwed up my dramatic reveal. You have to say, a bottle of wine? That sounds too easy. If it's going to be complicated, I'd rather just burn down your pizza place. Uh, okay, you say you want to work with me, but you're not working with me. Say, it sounds too easy. No, now it sounds like it's going to be hard. It's not that hard. I, I just can't segue into the next part if you don't work with me. Well, say it's not as hard as you make it sound, and then tell me what it is, because it, now it sounds like it's going to be really hard. Okay, it's not as hard as I make it sound now. I just want to get a specific bottle for my wife. You see, when I lost my prospects for a high-paying job, my wife left me for a better offer at a higher-paying husband. And when she left, she took it all. The dog, the cars, the houses, everything. The equity firm backed her up, gave her the best lawyers. But there's one thing she took that had purely sentimental value. A bottle of fine wine from a friend who passed away a few years after the wedding. One day I'd hoped to pop that bottle open in celebration of something turning out really great. But she took it. And now I'll never get that chance. Get it back, and I'll do anything. Okay. Can you give me her address, and also the address of the pizza place you used to work at? You don't have to do the pizza place. But I want to, though. For you, I want us to be friends. I'll make it look like an accident. Okay, fine. Here's both addresses. All right, I'm going to do this tonight, Pecuniaman. I turn heel and I leave. Go back to the car. All right, Frank, I assume our ugly friends are in the car. Take us to the address of this pizza place. Larry, you didn't even finish your golf game. That was very rude. I would have played the rest of the holes. I told you, you're not business savvy enough. Leaving in the middle of a game is a power move. 
Frank drives you on down to the pizza place. It's in the bad part of town, with bars over the windows and a payday loan on every corner. It's late enough the place is closed. The lights on the signage are mostly busted out. All right, you guys do your thing. Make this place disappear. You got it, boss. I slam the car door. Make this place disappear? Who does he think we are? Houdini? I don't suppose you brought a giant sheet to throw over this place. Maybe it's got a gas line or something. We can give it a look. I guess open her up, Elvis. I bust out my tools and bust this place open. In you go, into one of the filthiest pizza parlors you've seen in a long time. All the chairs are stacked up, but it doesn't look like the tables have been wiped down. There's a faint smell of anchovies and a few crumpled up napkins on the floor. If you're looking for the basement where the gas stuff might be found, there's a door by the cash register. It's locked too, but you jimmy it right open in no time. Was there anything you wanted to know about the top side before you head on down? Grab a crushed red pepper shaker. This'll go great with my next Slurpee. You have a terrible problem, Paul. Oh, come on, don't tell me you never wondered if adding some spice to your blood would give it more kick. You'd be messing with the perfect recipe. It's just blood. Pure blood. Perfection. Lowry had stuff to his, so I'm not the only one who thinks it could stand to gain some variety. Lowry has a mental problem, too. Anyway, let's go check out the basement. You head down in the basement and find it's full of chemistry equipment, presumably for making drugs. There's a clothesline and some greasy-looking dude with a patchy beard sleeping noisily on a cot. Okay. So our job is to destroy this entire building and also kill this dear, sweet, innocent lamb laying before us. Yeah, I mean, maybe this guy was fun in his younger years, but once you start pushing a major drug problem into your 40s, it stops being a party and starts being... Well, it's a drug problem. So how do we destroy an entire building? Paul, do you know what a gas line looks like? No, I don't really know what a gas line looks like. We live in a storm sewer. We don't get natural gas down there. I'd make a joke about poo gas, but composite sewer lines haven't been a thing for decades. Well, Lowry wants us to blow up the building. How are we supposed to blow it up if we don't know what we're doing? I have no idea. That's the thing about not knowing what you're doing. See, I hate this. Other vampires think that just because our clan can be invisible, we make great assassins. Well, guess what? That type of thing takes training. You know what kind of training we get down in the sewer? We learn to listen really carefully for rushing water. That, and we also get no formal training in assassinating people. No one comes down in the sewer. That's the point of the sewer. We avoid people. We're good at avoiding people. Okay, but if we told him that we couldn't do it and we avoided people successfully, he's just going to whine so much. Look, there's a drug lab. Maybe, like, maybe those, those explode sometimes, right? Do you know what chemistry makes them explode? I'm really more of a breaking and entering guy. I know about locks. All right, well, look around for a water heater. I hear if you mess with those, they can explode. And it is very dangerous. You should never tamper with them. Well, is it going to explode if we tamper with it on purpose? I'm just going to turn all the knobs all the way up. There's probably safety ratings that don't allow them to explode immediately just by turning up the knobs. But then it's not exploded. It might explode eventually. I mean, if we just, like... Play with the knobs, an explosion might happen, and then we can tell Lowry that we tried. In fact, actually, let's just lie to him and pretend that we did a competent job. None of this matters anyway. Okay, so do you guys just go back to the car? I guess. But first I find the water heater and turn the heat all the way up to max temperature. I don't think it'll explode from that, but it'll burn this guy's employees. Then maybe he'll get sued or something, I don't know. None of them can probably afford lawyers, but no problem. You find the water heater, turn the heat all the way up to maximum, then go find Lowry waiting in the car with Frank. All right, boss, no problem. We opened up a gas line and then exposed one of the wires connecting to the light switch. When that guy wakes up and turns on the light, boom! No more pizza place. God, I really want Pecunia men to know we're not screwing around. Isn't blowing this place up 
kind of screwing around? Because no one's getting anything out of it. We're instilling fear into Pecuniaman so he knows we're willing to kill to get what we want. But what do we want from the pizza place? You know that saying that if you make peaceful protest impossible, violence is the only option? That's stability, Lowry. You need to establish rules for people. If we blow stuff up randomly, what kind of rule does that establish? Pecuniaman is just going to think that we're crazy. He won't know what we're going to do. Excuse me. Do you run a very important business that specializes in doing arbitrary and crazy things to hide money? No, I don't think you do. Because if you did, everyone would run screaming from you because you're a horrible, disgusting freak. Now quit being visible to me and get back in the car. I turned invisible to Lowry, then turned to Paul. Okay, do you see that? Did you see? You see? Peaceful protest is completely shut down. We need to blow up Lowry's apartment. We need to learn to blow things up, and then we need to blow up his things. This is why I don't usually bring you along for Lowry's jobs, Elvis. We don't even need the money anymore. We are giant boobs fake girls on the internet, and we are rolling in money. But who knows how long it'll last. Besides, I'm fond of the dumpster fire that's Lowry's work assignments. The man has a complex, and that leads to complex jobs. I'd like to be mentally stimulated, Elvis. I can't get that by pretending to be an anime girl all the time. Sometimes I gotta go out and lie about blowing up buildings. You could lie to the viewers on stream. In fact, that's all that we're ever doing. How is that different? The difference is Lowry really thinks that we rigged this building to blow. There's nothing sweeter than tricking your friend into thinking that you committed arson. What about drinking blood? Why is it always blood with you? You can't just enjoy the lesser things in life. I do, but you just said the greatest pleasure, the sweetest thing, is, is this. I know as vampires you don't really feel that way. Drinking blood's our thing. Are you two in the car? Because we're about to leave. I'm driving off in 15 seconds. Hop in the car. Me too. So you guys head out of town and start driving into the country towards the address that you've been given. If one of you looks it up on Google Maps, you'll see it's one of those massive, rich person farmsteads that doesn't keep anything except thoroughbred horses. It's perched up on a hill through a deep woods and has a sort of castle motif with some Victorian-era flares. You pass by a super nice school, which probably teaches all of 10 or 20 kids. They have a horse stable and an archery range. Ah, man, I bet they have the best field trips, too. If I ever had kids, I would want them to go there. We can't have kids. We're undead. And we may be making decent money now, but I think we need to run a multinational to get a house in this district. The road on the way up is windy and kind of ominous in the dark. But the trees are pretty. You hear a wolf howling in the distance as you roll up the private drive. Ah, man, it's the perfect vampire house. We need to save up enough money to buy YouTube and then live here. They take half our income. How would we possibly buy YouTube? Besides, I haven't seen a single tire swing. This place isn't that fancy. Show me the good tire swings. You finally pull up to a gate, which is fairly close to the house. Is there a buzzer at the front? Yes, there is. Okay, my powers don't work through electronics like this. Looks like you two jokers are up. All right, we hop out of the car. You guys get out and gaze up at this Victoria-style McMansion. Lightning strikes in the distance. 